Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Checkered flag ends the race, but not the race talk. Have your say. Ask the experts. Make your point. Post-race tech. The end of the race is only the beginning. Well, as Jeremy Shaw said, perhaps not the side-by-side action that we might have hoped, although we had some of that early on uh, in the race, but a tactical and interesting GT-only race, nevertheless, for the Michelin GT Challenge at VIR. Shay will jump in, I'm sure, with any further interviews that she uh, can get. We've done the... Uh, points in the first part, or the last part, should I say, of our race show, uh, Jeremy. We got to see all the nuances there, and I think the points, we'll follow up on some of the points that uh, the fans make in a minute. But what that does prove is just how close this field is, because if you've got a tiny advantage when you race for, what was it, uh, over an hour, uh, nearly an hour and a half, uh, that's soon begins to multiply. I'll come back to you for the answer because we've got Bryce Ward uh, down in the victory circle. And is this the change here of look that Wim would need? Bryce uh, crossed the line as a winner last time out, didn't get that. But now the 57 team with his son at the wheel and Phil Ellis uh, have st- are going to stand on the podium. Yeah, this is one of these uh, events that could change everything. And Bryce Ward, you were racing yesterday. You got your experience, but now you were sitting up on the pit box, team manager, watching Russell with the great opening stint, and then Phil driving like a madman back to the podium. You've done two races at this place in GTD, two podium finishes. Does this one feel almost even sweeter than the win last year for how hard you've had to work all year? Yeah, you know, honestly, the... The BMWs and a couple of the other cars are really, really fast, and and we're getting we're getting back there. And this was probably the best we could do. I mean, the team and the drivers did an amazing job. You know, I'm just going to give myself a little bit of a poster. I had probably the best race I ever had yesterday. So proud of the team there as well for both the GTD and and also the GS class. So. This one feels like a win to me, honestly. Congratulations to your whole team. I know they've been pushing hard for this all year. Thank you so much, Shay. And, and, and congratulations to everybody up in the booth there. John, you and all the guys do an amazing job. Thank you for keeping us up, up to date and everything. Uh, Bryce Ward, very kind uh, words for the whole of the IMSA Radio and IMSA TV uh, team. Great supporter of motor racing. Still a relatively new team, let's not uh, forget. And both Bryce and Russell, uh, not the most experienced drivers, but my goodness me, they put their heart and soul in, Jeremy, don't they? Uh, just going back to that question um, that we were, we were talking about, just how close is this field? And that's what we saw. Uh, with uh, an hour and, when did we finish? Uh, 10-2, wasn't it? So about an hour and 25 minutes, nearly an hour and 30 minutes uh, of green flag racing uh, at the end of that. Uh, And we see the relative performance and and it's within tenths of seconds. 
It, it is, yeah. An hour and 22 is when I uh, made a note that when we went back to green. Uh, and it is. Uh, but having said that, the, the Corvette and the Lexus... Uh, yeah, they had the legs of nobody else here by yeah, better part of half a second, I would I would suggest. Uh, and then the BMWs um, slightly quicker than the rest in terms of yeah best lap times, but not by that much. You know, I mean, mm. the best lap time by BMW was a 45.3 for the for Robbie Foley, I think that was at that stage uh, in the car. Yeah, it was who who set the fastest lap of the race in, in GTD non-pro. Um, the the two quickest cars overall then was a 44.9. That was for Ben Barnicott uh, and a 45-0 for the Corvette. Uh, and then everybody else was between 45-3 and 46-3. So the rest of the field covered by uh, a second. But uh, the Aston Martins certainly were a lot more competitive last time than they were here. So the balance performance didn't really seem to, to help them. Well, it hurt them quite dr m more dramatically than anybody else. Uh, and the, uh, I mean, and again, just underlining how close... Uh, uh, this is um, I that little bit of damage for Klaus Backler uh, meant that he was of the Porsches that ended up uh, finishing the race he was the least best place of them um, and, and that just goes to show uh, that you know you need everything to be perfect we talked about the BDO yeah. no strategy award uh, and how close that was you, uh, we heard there Jordan saying we did we deliberately short filled to get the position, but they still had to do everything right. You get a little problem. You get your starting pressures wrong. You knock a bit of body work off. You go off track and lose a couple or three or five seconds. My goodness me, you're going to have a tough day in IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. You are, and even though the, the Lexus Vassar Sullivan team set the fastest lap of the race, that little that little miscue in the pit lane when yes, Ben Barnicott yes. went to leave, you know, that uh, was arguably the difference between winning and not winning. Uh, so, yeah, one little hiccup there was, was all it took. The car had been leading pretty comfortably since, uh, until then. I think, uh, you know, the, the Corvette, towards the end of the race, were definitely cutting back on, um, on their pace a little bit. Uh, by design, because they came in and put as much fuel in as they thought they needed to get to the end of the race. Yeah. They would have been more comfortable if there had been some caution <laughs> periods, for sure. But um, there weren't, so they, they managed it perfectly. The last you know, 20 laps of the race was when they decided, this is the pace we need to do to get to the end on the fuel we have. And they managed it perfectly and came home the winners by just two seconds over Ben Barnicott. Cher Adam still with us, I hope, down in the victory circle, although the, uh, the formalities have, have started. Um, your impressions of what we've seen today, first of all, I'll talk about the weekend uh, in, uh, in a moment. Um, I, Jeremy and I are, are strong uh, proponents of these GT-only uh, races. It, it, it wasn't the wing mirror bashing uh, wheel banging that uh, we might have had but then again we had uh, Edomitsu Master MX-5 Cup for that earlier on today <laughs> it was great I love the races where we focus on the GT classes uh, I'm, I'm a softie for the GT classes I think that delivers just such good battling and even when we didn't have competition necessarily at the front of the class we still had severe competition in the midfield. I mean, think about the uh, Inception McLaren coming back up through. So there's never any shortage of places to watch. Just because there are fewer cars and less classes doesn't mean there's any less racing. Uh, that's a good point there, Jeremy, that the share makes. Inception had the pit lane penalty. Frank Chandoff um, had clearly timed his run very well. Had a good car all the way through. 
But my goodness, that car is soft on its tyres because Fred had loads of grip at the end and he clearly had enough fuel to make the best of it. Pulls himself back up to seventh position. It could have been better than that without that penalty. Uh, well, yeah, it would have been certainly have been contending for the podium, if not the win, no doubt about it, because uh, he was he was pretty much right with uh, the number one car before the uh, last round of pit stops. And it was only after that. He lost a bit of ground during the pit stops. He came out actually quite a long way behind, particularly behind number one car. Uh, it was a slower stop, but uh, it was the penalty that uh, killed any opportunity to finish on the podium. But other than that, yeah, the car was good. Uh, and a couple of other good drives in the uh, second half or the second two-thirds of that race. We've mentioned Phil Ellis from Winwood Racing. We kind of um, just expect Phil to come and do that, but it's worthy of, of mention. Uh, often Phil thought of as a Nürburgring Nordschleife specialist, but he's really taken to this American racing, Jeremy, and he's carving out a good reputation for himself with Winwood Racing. He is, isn't he? It was a really fine performance today. I mean, you know, that, that superior that won this race last season, they know how to get it done here. And again, they timed their run to perfection because for a while there, they were, didn't seem to be making much progress. And then, and then all of a sudden, in the last mm, 10, 15 laps of the race, he got a hurry on and, uh, and, and uh, all of a sudden made a lot of ground on those BMWs ahead of him. He was able to get past one of them, not the other two quite, but it was a very, very strong run for Phil Ellis. And he'd made sure that he had plenty of Michelin tyres to work with in the closing stages. The other person, here that I want to mention for two reasons. I want to mention Air All Racing. Um, it, we, yes. we debuted the pink car this weekend, Roxy rather than uh, Rexy. Now, there will be some people, I've no doubt, that will turn up their nose at this, but... It is, it is entertaining, it's, it is good for the paddock, they're having a bit of fun, and in Seb Prio, um, they've found someone who certainly, at the, he's still at the start of his career, and he's still building experience, but that was another good run for them today. It was, and Seb drove amazingly, and they actually are coming on the podium because they win the Bronze Cup from today's race as well. Ah. So PJ, with his family here, debuting new car livery, gets an extra trophy. So what a weekend for AO Racing. I can't wait to see what the livery looks like at Indy and then what it looks like at Petit because we have no guarantee. We don't know which dinosaur is coming to play. <laughs> yeah, that's a very that's a very good point indeed. Uh, if we if we move away from what we saw... Well, uh, sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. Yeah, yeah sure, just let me add a little bit. That, that was their best result. Sixth position is, ah. is, uh, is their best result this season. Uh, previous best was a seventh. Uh, and that was... A, that was an excellent performance by PJ, first of all. Uh, and then Sebastian, oh, that was his best drive of the season also, I think. Uh, really, really impressive. Uh, he was, uh, I'm not sure whether he was in terms of fastest lap, the fastest of the Porsches. I think he was, actually. Uh, but he certainly you know, left the other ones. He was five, six seconds clear of everybody else, uh, all the other Porsches. So really good effort by that entire team. I'm just scanning down the Porsches as you were uh, saying that. Uh, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, that car had the fastest Porsche lap. Uh, a 145.8 uh, was the fastest Porsche lap. Um, obviously, back at Indy in uh, a few weeks' time. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, share the, the weekend as a whole. If we look back over what we've seen uh, from the other categories, you and I talked about the uh, Edomitsu Mazda MX-5 Cup. Uh, and by the way, if you were watching that earlier on the day, there was a post-race penalty uh, yes. in that. Uh, and that changed the uh, the race 
winner in that, if I'm not mistaken. Michael Carter was uh, disqualified. Basically, he was moved off the podium. So that meant that our race winner was Jared Thomas. Second place, Aaron Johnson. Third place uh, was yesterday's race winner, Nate Cicero. So yes, a little bit of late breaking news in the Edmonton Mazda MX-5 Cup. In every sense of the word, because it was late breaking that started that four car uh, incident oh. at the top. So nicely, nicely done, Shay. Jeremy, you watched the Lamborghinis and uh, called the Lamborghinis and the VP Racing uh, Challenge as well with, with Brian Till. Some decent racing in both of those as well. I was uh, watching the feed. Uh, I think there was, yes. <laughs> Can't remember that far back in the day, to be honest. It was, there's so much gone through my brain since then. But no, there was, it was good. And, and particularly for Wade Taylor Racing uh, with Andretti Autosport in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo Series, uh, with Carl Marcelli and Danny Formal maintaining their unbeaten streak this season. Absolutely remarkable year that team is putting together. Also in the VP Racing Challenge, Joy Garg, he's come on so much since the beginning of the season. He was, his race car was pretty dodgy early on. He made a lot of mistakes. Didn't make a single one this weekend. Won both races. Now edged away from Dan Goldberg for the P3 Championship. And in GSX, it's been really good to see how Francis Seldorf similarly has improved massively as the season went on. He was, he was helped a little bit yesterday. I think Gregory Leofuge could have taken the win if he'd really wanted to, uh, but didn't. But he, he kept the pressure on and made sure that uh, Francis, if he was going to you know, get the win, he was going to have to earn it by not making any mistakes, which yeah. is exactly what he did yesterday. I, 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 th there are people saying, look, it was the GT weekend. Why did we bother having P3s? Well, that's part of the VP championship. Uh, and uh, that will be the only place we'll see the P3s next year as they uh, wave goodbye to the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. But I, I think they're all right around here. I'm, I'm not sure. I, mean, I know there will be people who would like to see GTPs and LMP2s here. And we had the the uh, the old uh, prototype cars uh, around, uh, Lime Rock, uh, around Lime Rock, around Virginia International Raceway. But I think those P3s work around here, Jeremy, and they're about the right pace. I agree. I, I think they work. I think it's a really good car to have around here. The GTP cars. I mean, this this circuit is. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart. And a big accident in one of those super fast cars could be really scary here. Uh, you have pretty big crashes in, in any in any formula. And I, I think this works perfectly. Uh, and the LMP3 cars are great. I mean, I just hope there's a few more come into play next season. It's a bit of a thin field because there's lots of cars out there. And I think it's a great opportunity, even though the P3, you know, LMP3 isn't being running in the World Tech Championship in the future, it's still a great way to get into IMSA racing in a prototype car. I think it's essential. I, I think yeah, it's an essential absolutely. training ground for people to make the transition from GT to prototype. You can't yeah. jump, for example, you can't jump from a GT4 into an LMP2 or a GTP yeah. car. Um, and not everybody has the opportunity to go into a GT3 first. I, I, I also the opportunity of coming out a single manufacturer series, Jeremy, where yeah. it's all the same class. Well, if you've been in a GT4 car and you've got LMP3s, then you're used to dealing with faster traffic. If you're in an LMP3 car and you're going past the uh, GSX, the, the GT4 cars, you are used to dealing with slower traffic. You can't learn multi-class racing unless you've done multi-class racing. 
No, that's right. It is essential. I completely agree. I think that's exactly the right word. And yeah, the cars are great. They look good. They sound good. They're fast. Uh, we just need a few more of them for next year. And I'd be surprised if we don't have them because yeah, we lost a couple uh, after a couple of big shunts at uh, Canadian Time Motorsport Park, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, we'll see whether they come back for the uh, final races of the season. Well, more power to the elbow of everybody at VIR. They always put on a, a good show. Kerrigan Smith, Connie Nyholm and the rest of the ownership group, of course. Big investment down through the years and it shows. It was it looked fabulous. And we go now, of course, to a brand new event. Shea Adam, are you looking forward to Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the battle on the bricks? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. We just got a, a couple weeks before that kicks off. And then I'm looking possibly even more forward to Petit Le Mans because we got so many championships on the line, John, and I have no idea who's going to win any of them. Uh, two fantastic venues, Jeremy, to finish off. Two classic venues from different parts of American motorsport. And it's, it is in some ways amazing that we haven't had uh, IMSA at, uh, at IMS, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, before now. But the stars have aligned with Roger Penske being there, Doug Balls, who runs the place, had a long chat with him last year. And it, they're very much looking forward to IMSA uh, coming there. And then, of course, we've got Road Atlanta, where it all started in some respects uh, for this type uh, of motor racing. It's a, it's a heck of a way to finish off the season. Yeah, it's been too long since sports cars, have, uh, prototype cars have been racing at the Speedway. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited about going back there. I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the track races there. I think it'll be a pretty interesting day because there's, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's several sections on that track where uh, drivers are going to have to be patient because um, making some passes around the, uh, you know, the, the end of Holman Boulevard uh, through that next section up to turn 12. That's going to be pretty tricky. The GT cars are going to be fairly quick through there. Uh, yes, so it's going to be an, it's an interesting race, but it's certainly wonderful to have such an iconic racetrack as part of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Uh, I, I know it's not the same, but uh, I was fortunate enough to be at the Speedway last year for the Porsche sports car together festival and there was lots of multi-class racing going on there now that was only gts i'll i'll give you that but the the circuit that nobody seems to like when indycar is on it that's a single category obviously really actually raced rather better than i expected for multi-classes because if you've got a performance differential and it's it's enough of a differential there are places that you can use the different characteristics on that car because of the way the circuit uh, is laid out i'm interested to see if it if that translates and we've only got a couple of races, a couple of weekends to wait before that. And then, of course, it's on to Motul Petit Le Mans. Thank you very much for joining us. Shane and Jeremy have done sterling work uh, this weekend. It would be remiss of me not to thank our technical team, who've been absolutely on point this weekend. Uh, our NASCAR Productions colleagues up in Charlotte have worked extremely hard between all of the series and all the different technical requirements. Uh, Tim Gray on Friday and Rob Lomas. Uh, yesterday and today, making sure that we went out to the world on IMSA Radio. The responsible adult who puts it all together and makes sure all the bills are paid uh, was, of course, Eve Hewitt. For the whole team, I'm John Hindorf. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, however much of it is left, and make sure you join us on Wednesday for Midweek Motorsport and then, of course, for Indianapolis Motor Speedway in a couple of weekends' time. From VIR and the GT Weekend, thanks for being with us. Bye-bye.
This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.